Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, bail, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tau I'll make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy Never think about the drop, never ever ever think about the drop Welcome to the sports fans. It is the MKT show. I'm MKT. Liverpool defeat Chelsea and win the Carabao Cup. What a game. What a game. What drama. What a header. Virgil van Dijk. Oh man. What a game. Put a knife in my heart. I was watching with the boys. And the banter was flowing. It was terrible for me at the end. I was dishing it out all game and uh, you know what happens but congratulations to Liverpool um, it, it is a big win with a very young team and um, we'll discuss that a little bit later in the show right where I was right where I was wrong as I always do every single Monday and then we will discuss an issue which I think has been revealed again the Marcus Rashford dilemma rearing its ugly head again for um, Man United as they lost to Fulham at home that's right. Man United lost to Fulham at home, believe it or not. Incredible scenes. English Premier League. Unscripted drama of the highest order. Best league in the world by a country mile. MKT inspires. MKT at the MKT show. Uh, would love to hear people's thoughts as the season really gets into what Sir Alex Ferguson called squeaky bum time. From now, March, April, and then of course May, all the big decisions get made. We are getting into it. We are getting into the English Premier League. English Premier League. By the way, if you don't subscribe on YouTube, I would highly recommend you do that. Go and go and subscribe on the YouTubes. More to come on that. I'll keep telling you every week for the next couple of weeks. Go to the MKT Show uh, YouTube. Click the subscription. Click the the bell, so you can see when we start releasing content on there. Uh, I will announce when that is. We're just figuring out one or two things, and we will be back. We'll be back. As I said, Liverpool will be back, mate. Steven Gerrard. All right, so as I said today, where I was right, where I was wrong. Marcus Rashford, and then we will finish off on that note. Finish off on that note. Pretty good week. Um, I'm getting some training. I'm getting some questions now um, about why I'm doing some long runs on the weekend. I'm actually not running as long as I would like to. I would like to be in the mountains. But I've been running sort of about 90 k's a week now for the last, I think, six weeks as I've extended. So I do 10 kilometers a day. Somebody asked me. I can't remember who it was in the DMs. And like, how do I figure it out? Well, these last two months, I will be, so I do some strength training uh, three times a week uh, at the gym and at home. Otherwise, I am running 10 kilometers a day. So Monday is my rest day now. Um, and the reason for that is 
I run 10Ks a day, so Tuesday to Friday, and then I run about 28Ks Saturday, Sunday. So that's 28Ks, so it's about 56 on the weekend. All in all, what is that, 40? I haven't really thought about it. It's 40, obviously, Tuesday to Friday. I'm doing this as I'm recording. Hadn't really written this down. Uh, so what's that, 56? Sure. It, it's a little bit longer than I thought, actually. 40 plus 56 is what, 96. So I'm doing about 96Ks a week. If my if my mathematics is correct. So it's 28Ks Saturday, 28Ks Sunday, and then Tuesday to Friday, I am doing 10Ks a day. And then on the Mondays, Monday's rest day, uh, Sunday physio. Saturday or Sunday, depending when she's available. It's physio every weekend, just so people know how I kind of keep it in shape. And at the moment, Purely endurance, um, laying down that block. I've done the speed. I didn't really do speed, but I mean, I had, I was running somewhere between 4 minutes 30 a K and 4 minutes 50. I did that for two months. That was the speed block. And now I'm back to about 6 minutes a K, which is what I'm looking to do in terms of the endurance block. But now I need to get into the mountains, but it's tough. I've got, as I said, subscribe to YouTube. That has kept me at my desk the last couple of two months, I would say. So subscribe to YouTube, The MKT Show, if you would like to watch. If you just like to keep listening like this, um, let me just say this. The show is going to be more often. It'll be longer. That's what I can say for now. So you can still listen audio, by the way. You can still listen audio. But you will be able to watch in HD again very, very soon. I say very, very soon. Soon. Let's say soon. Got to figure out, you, you know, with corporates, you've got, to, you've got to figure out contracts and things. It's a, it's a bit of a back and forth. It's not just a, hey, I want this. It's like, hey, I want this. Mm, we like this. We don't like that. The liability. And then it's... It's always like five or six things when lawyers get involved, you know, hey, but this is why you pay lawyers. Fix it up front. You know, it's, it's kind of like a friend of mine. In fact, my lawyer in this particular case says you should always negotiate like you're getting divorced. You should do you should have that mentality at the beginning of every negotiation. Don't negotiate like you're getting married. Always negotiate like you're getting divorced. That is the mentality you need at the table early on. So he's brought, uh, you know, he's a good friend and I've known him for a long time. He's, he's one of the best uh, lawyers in Africa, arguably the world. In fact, not arguably. He's one of the best lawyers in the world in terms of what he does. IP and entertainment law, he, he works with all of them. So but let's just be clear. Yeah. He, he's given me mates rates because we've been friends for a long time. So look out for it. Subscribe to the YouTubes. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's been brutal. It's been hard work. It's been, it's been testing. Because I'm not really a corporate person, you know? Like, I'm not a corporate person, but you just, you know, you just can't take chances. Cannot take chances. And in this case, there's two corporates involved, which has been excruciating. We're hoping to add a third non, a, cor- a corporate non-corporate partner. A triumvirate of partners would be fun. But hopefully these guys will be our main partner 
and hopefully we can have some fun from very very soon so subscribe to youtube mkt show the mkt show uh, you can find it on youtube obviously otherwise just keep it uh, what do they say on radio keep it locked keep it locked right here uh, the podcast will not be going away it'll be expanding let, let me just say that the the offering will be expanding it'll be this podcast and yeah and and some other stuff so thanks a mill you guys i'm a word thanks a mill for sticking with us hopefully can reward the people that have been listening the the now between 5000 and 6000 people who listen to every episode um yes i would like to reward you um especially the people who've been here from the beginning you know like yeah and now you get now you get some value back i mean i don't know what you've been getting this whole time but now you're going to get some value back which is something i pride myself on so looking forward to that all right let's get into the show uh, chelsea lose the carabao cup um one nil and big panic i mean big big panic uh, saw a little snippet of gary neville saying they are the billion pound bottle jobs uh, from london and they've lost to Klopp's kids and listen he's not wrong i think pochettino got it wrong uh, late on it's again it's second language so it's very difficult to know what he meant was the team thought it might be best to play for penalties or penalties would be best for us that's a comment that came from Maurizio pochettino and i was watching with some friends there was um, a gent i didn't know there but he was a Chelsea fan, plenty of banter. He was a real football guy, so he knew his stuff. And he immediately, he said, Poch has to go. And I thought, wow. You know, there just isn't any patience left in football. And I'm not going to move off the keep Pochettino. Whether Pochettino wins or not, I don't think it should be the most important thing for Chelsea in where they are. You have to accept the reality of some of the massive screw-ups that have happened. Obviously, the Roman thing is not ideal. Now, following that, there's been massive screw-ups. I think I think Tuchel's now showing is he's not the most long-term guy anyway. That wasn't the screw-up. But to go from that to Potter and the approach that Todd Bully has taken of buying the best young talent in the world and then chopping and changing managers, like that just can't happen. And now he's built his football operational staff. So what you've got to allow Pochettino to do is work now. Like just let the football system work. Right, he's, gonna, he's got to implement a way of, of playing and presenting yourself as a club. Listen, Liverpool didn't have it early on. Right, it took Man City two seasons. It's taken Arsenal four seasons. Just remember that. And the unique thing about those guys versus Chelsea is all of the Chelsea guys are young. The only guy who isn't young is Thiago Silva. But everyone else, it was shipping out. I mean, they shipped out nine players and they just brought in a whole bunch of mishmash players. Dezasi, probably again, 25, 26 so you wouldn't consider him new, but this is England. You know, and the injuries haven't helped. And 
it's a challenging environment to work in. So I'm not going to move off the Maurizio Pochettino should get the two years to work just to lay the football foundation. Forget about everything else. Like the intensity, the way of working, the professionalism, people's roles in the team, finding out who's really about it. Because what Chelsea, and I will repeat, what you don't want to be is Arsenal over the last 20 years and Man United especially in the last decade. You do not want to be Man United where players are outlasting three or four managers and and now it's a mess. It's like, what's going on? And I thought Sir Jim Radcliffe put it well. He said, lots of managers are getting fired, right? Brilliant managers are coming in and out, but Man United are still losing. You don't want that environment. You don't want that environment. What is the old adage? You don't want the prisoners running the the prison. That's not what you want. Or the inmates running the prison. That is not what you want. There must be clear order for success. Liverpool have it. Man City have it right now. And I think Pochettino must at least get the chance to build it. Because there's nothing at Chelsea right now. There's just a whole bunch of talented people. It's like a Montessori school. Everyone gets a chance Nobody really knows what the pecking order is. They're all expensive. They've been put together. It's not really a team. And it's not clear to anybody what's going on. And Pochettino's grinding. You can see he's grinding it. Caicedo's starting to get there. Uh, Enzo's starting to show a little bit. A little bit. Gusto has been terrific. But these are all young kids. And it doesn't happen in six months. And I'm stunned at how Chelsea fans are living in the days of Roman Abramovich. It's over now. Like, we're in a different time. This has to settle. You cannot be firing managers left, right, and center. Because the other thing is, you don't want to become that club, right? You don't want to become like Italian football. Three or four managers at one club. You don't want to be, you don't want to be Man United. You don't want to be Nottingham Forest. You don't want to be these clubs that are churning managers out. So I would keep Poch. He lost. It was disappointing. Obviously, the narrative is he lost the Champions League with Spurs. Obviously, he's lost another one. And, you know, the tag is going to stick with him until he wins it. So Chelsea lose. It's bitterly disappointing. Bitterly, bitterly disappointing to lose that to to a very young Liverpool team. Having said that, however, to my point of stability is... You saw what happens when you give someone nine years to work on something. What, what allowed Liverpool to still be in the game isn't the talent. Obviously, it was young kids, right? But all those young kids have been under the stewardship of the Jurgen Klopp era, where everybody knows what's going on. So the kids, are, it's plug and play, although they aren't the same level of talent as the first team, guys. The system is nine years old. So they've come through the system. They know exactly what each position is expected to do. And it's been drilled into them for nine years. So anybody coming through as a right back, you understand what they've got to be. So the scouts have to go and look for a Bradley kind of right back. Or encourage the right back to play like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Like Andrew Robertson. The, your three midfielders must be technically superb, Right? You, you see what he likes in midfield. High tempo, but technically sublime. The front three have to be able to play across the front three. 
So, th- so th- that is what happens when you build nine years of a system and everyone's on the same page. And you saw the benefits of that today. Liverpool didn't win on talent. The system beat Chelsea. You saw a disjointed Chelsea with lots of talent just couldn't beat a well-marshaled, well-drilled system that's been built for nine years. That was a Jurgen Klopp victory. I thought that was a brilliant coaching job by Jurgen Klopp. But this is what happens when you give people nine years to build it. Chelsea want to be what Liverpool... Chelsea want to be what Chelsea were in the noughties and the 2000s. Right? Relatively speaking, stable. You want to be Man United in the noughties. That's what you want to be. You want to be Arsenal in the noughties, in the 90s and noughties. Stable, it's clear who the boss is. It's clear all the way down to the academy what's going on. So you must give Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool credit for what they've been willing to do over the last nine years. Because remember, it took five years as well. So with Liverpool, it's not like it was instant. It wasn't Pep Guardiola second season. It wasn't Jose Mourinho first season. It took five years before he won the league title. And he, and they haven't looked back in terms of standards. They've probably underachieved in terms of getting there. But then you say to yourself, okay, he's losing to Pep Guardiola, 115 fines. So we'll see whether Man City are actually playing by the rules or not. But, but he's losing to Pep Guardiola, one of the greatest managers of all time. Right? Like, that's fair. You, I, I don't think you can hold it against him. I mean, if you're that guy, you're that guy, though. Is Jurgen Klopp that guy? Maybe not. Like, he's very, very good, but very, very good isn't good enough. Let's just face it. Having said that, after the fifth year, they have not looked back. They've been entertaining. He's engaged. And Liverpool fans... Y- y- they almost feel like like the English cricket team. They feel like they've won the moral victory because Jurgen is Mr. Upbeat and it's exciting and it's good football. Listen, this shows you fans will put up with a lot if you entertain. And and you've got to be honest, Liverpool over the last three, four years are probably the most entertaining football team in Europe. And right now they are top three, top four in Europe, in the world. Just in terms of everything they do, cut and thrust, it's just unreal. They play unreal football. And you must give Jurgen Klopp credit for that. But that's the template, right? Chelsea want to emulate that. You want Cole Palmer having that stability of four or five years. Understanding a system. Because that's the other thing. Systems take time at top-level football, right? To implement. And then also, remember, implementing it is one part. But it takes time to implement it. It takes two or three seasons to implement it. And then you've got to let it flourish. And that can take some time. Because you're going to make mistakes along the way, by the way. You're going to make mistakes at whatever level. Senior management level, player level. Your right back's probably not the one. Your left back, you know, isn't quite into it. Your center midfield starts to think he's better than he is. These are human beings. You're dealing with human beings and you're going to make HR errors in terms of acquiring talent. So along the way, it's going to be bumpy. But if, you, if you're rigid enough and patient enough, this is what you get after nine years. So Chelsea fans, be very, very careful with Pochettino out. This is six months into the project. He was defeated by a system that's had nine years to flourish.
Shout out to Klopp, shout out to Liverpool. Incredible, incredible win. What a header, what a storybook moment for Virgil van Dijk. Incredible, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. A, a great game. And listen, as a Chelsea fan, I feel sick. I do, I feel absolutely sick. But you, you know, when you play a game like that and you lose, as a sports fan, you've got to be able to, at the end of a game, you know, there wasn't any like, the ref cheated us or the ref is that. It was two incredible teams, the best teams of the tournament. That's how you get to the final. You're the best team in the tournament or the two best teams in the tournament. When you lose to Liverpool like that, they took it all the way. You, you walk to the middle of the field and you say, good game. We'll see you down the road. Simple as that. You, you can't, it's bitterly disappointing to lose in the way Chelsea did. But that's a, that was a final, right? Chances at every end, terrific saves by goalkeepers, hitting the post, cut and thrust, great tackles in midfield, flying wingbacks. I mean, it, it was, that was a final. And I feel sick. I feel disgusted with losing because I just hate losing. But as I simmer and as I look at the game, you think to yourself, hey, if you're going to lose, lose like that, you know? I, I don't think there's any... Chelsea fans, if you're listening to this and you've sort of calmed down, regardless of what errors you think Pochino may have made, but that was a final. It could have gone either way. It was a knife edge. You're playing one of the best clubs in Europe. And you gave it, you went hammer and tongs. You can't slate the Chelsea players for that. Chances missed, yes. Like, I get it. But come on. What a game. And sometimes it's, it, it's sickening, but you've got to be able to be man enough, woman enough to run to the middle of the field, meet the other team in the middle and say, hell of a game. See you down the road. And I think that was one of those occasions. You, you can be disgusted with losing, but still go, oh, respect. It's like in boxing, right? They respect each other. It's like after 12 rounds, somebody has to win, somebody has to lose, but it's like you respect the other warrior. You go, all right, you brought it today. Like Liverpool fans will know, Chelsea brought it. Chelsea fans know Liverpool brought it and you can live with that and that is the way of the warrior you respect what happened out on the pitch congratulations to Liverpool incredible incredible ending all right MKT inspires at the MKT show otherwise MKT inspires is uh, uh, the handle on the socials the gram's the best place to get me otherwise MKT at the MKT show dot com for the electronic mail, if you have thoughts. Love to hear, what do Liverpool fans think of Jurgen Klopp? Is he a legend? Is he, is he better than a Julier? Uh, is he, you know, who do you think is the greatest Liverpool manager of the modern era? Doug Leash? Is he better than Doug Leash? Where does Jurgen Klopp rank as a Liverpool fan in your mind as he winds it down after nine years. Would love to hear from Liverpool fans. MKT Inspires, MKT at the MKT Show. Or if you're just a Premier League fan, your thoughts on Jurgen Klopp, his era, where does he rank? There's Mourinho, there's Wenger, there's uh, the, the great Sir Alex Ferguson, there's Carlo Ancelotti, uh, there's Pellegrini, there's Mancini, all league winners. Um, you know, Ranieri. I, I'd love to hear what people think um, Jurgen Klopp's standing is in Premier League history. I don't really care about the era when milkmen were playing, you know, like from 92 onwards. Let's just talk about professional football, you know, 
Let's not be those people. All right, as I do every single Monday, where I was right, where I was wrong, we're going to move into that. Uh, if it is your first time listening to the podcast, number one, go and subscribe to the MKT Show YouTube page. Switch the bell on because there will be some noti- you'll need the notification on for when we go live there soonish. Um, but every Monday, if it's your first time listening, I tell you where I was right. I make predictions in general throughout the podcasts, sometimes in private with friends, you know, and I'm willing to say when I was wrong. Now, most people go, how are you single? You're, you're so self-aware. I say, well, you know, that's because you don't have the rest of my personality. And they go, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. But I'm willing to say where I was right, where I was wrong. And that is the segment that I do every single Monday. All right, let's get into where I was right. Man United have to be patient with Eric Ten Hag. They lost to Fulham at home after winning three in a row. And everyone thought, yeah, we're going to make top four. Blimey. I mean, that's more London, but you know what I mean? They thought they were. They, they thought it was set. But then Luke Shaw did what Luke Shaw does. Uh, as they say, he pulled the fat. And, you know, Martinez injured again. Hoyland's now injured. That's a problem. Man United have to be patient. I said this. Eric Ten Hag is in the second season of getting rid of people. Right? Talk a little bit later about Marcus Rashford. But you must be patient with the process. Because Ten Hag's getting there. You can see it. You can see it. You can see, as Thierry says, I can see what he's doing. He's cooking. He's cooking. You can see it in spurts. Right? He'll need four or five more of his own. Arteta didn't happen in one season, guys. Klopp's taken nine years. Fergie didn't win for five years. Not everybody is Jose Mourinho. Be patient. Man United, I was dead right. I said, this won't be the season. Next season might not be the season. Remember, I said, when you start the process, it's five years at least from then. So you're two years into the cycle before you're competitive. Where I was wrong, Arsenal are ruthless. They've scored 20 goals in the last five games. Just in January, they have scored half of Manchester United's goals throughout the whole season. Man United's entire tally for the season Arsenal have scored half of those goals just in January. That's 20 goals in five games by the Gunners. I said they they weren't good enough without a striker. My God, was I wrong. Bukayo Saka, who you know I love, has been absolutely sensational. Where I was right, Newcastle are in trouble. The Eddie Howe thing, Spurs and Newcastle have the same problem. They can only play one way. Like the Eddie Howe, everybody says, oh, he plays such great football. But part of playing great football is being being able to adjust in the game. It's not just being cut and thrust this is where Jurgen Klopp and these Jose Mourinho and these greats separate themselves it's not just about playing good football can you respond in the game and I think Spurs under Ange and Newcastle under Eddie Howe have the same problem it's just like there's this notion of this is how we play it's almost naive it's like no no this is what we do we're artists you know no pragmatism like we're not going to be pragmatic at all no, 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 we're entertainers. That's what we do. I'm Eddie Howe. I'm young. Uh, bro, you got to win. Like, you got to win. N- nobody cares. Uh, there are no life lessons at this level. Newcastle are in big trouble because he's not changing either. It doesn't, you, you know, I don't think he has another way. Remember, it happened at Bournemouth when they were well on their way to relegation. He just wouldn't change. And they were taking threes and fours. 
listen, if you're old like me, you remember that Bournemouth relegation. It was just like, buddy, go five at the back. Do something. The Eddie Howe way is the Eddie Howe way. Newcastle are on big trouble. I was dead right there when I, where I was wrong. Liverpool just wanted it more in the Carabao Cup final. I thought Chelsea with the with this new generation would show a little bit more, especially in extra time. I do not understand Maurizio Pochettino going defensive and with his comments, I don't know what he means by we the team felt penalties might be better for us. I just I don't even know what he means by that. You're playing against kids, you've got a full on you, you've got a, a nearly a billion pounds billion pounds of talent. Gather go. I was wrong. Liverpool wanted it more. Uh, I thought it would mean more to Chelsea. I was wrong. Where I was right, Bruno Fernandes is not a Manchester United captain. What is going on with that guy? Don't tell me about burnout. Like, Kevin De Bruyne has been playing. Phil Foden's been playing. Like, do not give me that. Last season, Rodri played, I think it was 64 games. Don't give me burnout. Stop. What is going on with Bruno Fernandes? And one of the things about Bruno Fernandes is if you're going to be that guy, like a shithouse guy, you better be bloody good. I think what happened with Bruno is he came in, hit the league by storm, and then everyone started to think he was like Frank Lampard. And it was weird to me. It was like, okay, I know what I'm watching. Statistically, that's really impressive, but nah. And I was right. Like, And then they made him the captain. I'm like, what are we doing? Because he's kind of got that stroppy attitude as well. And if you win, it comes off as like he's competitive. But if you lose, it gets quite annoying. Right? That's why you want... Because he's not really like an alpha, like a Roy Keane. He's just annoying. He's just an annoying guy. And if he's your guy, you'll defend him. But you don't want that kind of guy. He's, he's 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 a less talented Jack Grealish type of personality. You know, where he'll rub the other team the wrong way, but Jack Grealish is an unbelievable player. Bruno Fernandes, yeah, he had 18 good months. Doesn't make you a great player. Sorry. He and to make him captain is absolutely disgusting. He sulks, he doesn't track back, which is weird. Right? And what is he doing giving the ball away half the time? Why does he always try and hit the million dollar pass? Like, why can't he just retain the ball? Like Kobe Mainu is why is Kobe Mania, an 18-year-old, better than your captain at understanding how to play in the midfield? Absolutely uh, puzzling. Uh, and lastly, where I was wrong, West Ham fans are calling for David Moyes' job. I did not see this one coming. I thought, wow, they'd be grateful. Europa League Conference, uh, when you know they're still in uh, the, the... Sorry, the, what did they win? The other one, the joke one. But they're in the conference, right? And they're still in it. And they and they still they, they are tenth in the league. Like I thought they would love this guy. It's like, okay, we're building something. You know, there's a two-year cycle, we kind of threw laying the foundation. Now we're gonna go to the next level. And as he did with Everton, then you endeavor to be a top six team. And he, he can do it. Man United was the wrong job for his personality. There's different types of people in the world. Uh, you know, in business, they call them finders, minders, and grinders. P- different people operate differently in those places. Some people are just meant to be middle management. And they thrive. And when they thrive, their CEO will thrive. Some people are meant to just be workers. I don't understand the Dave Moise thing. 
but I was wrong. West Ham fans, they want him to go. I thought they were looking stable and they're going to build over the next five, six years. Well, West Ham fans say Moyes out. Absolutely incredible. Would love to hear your thoughts. MKT inspires MKT at the MKT show. At the MKT show. Uh, where I live in South Africa, it's bloody hot at the moment. I'm absolutely loving it. Loving it like that. Loving it like that. It's been miraculous. Gotta tell you. Gotta tell you. There are a whole lot of people at the moment who are living their best lives in my country. I thought the economy was struggling. People are doing it. Like I live in an area right now where it's pretty cool to live here, you know? It's quite a funky hipster area. Now, I'm not a funky hipster, but you see when it's humming. Listen, I'm recording this on a Sunday. I just got back from the football, drove through the main street here. Bad economy. What are we talking about? You love to see it. People living their best lives. Nothing like an African summer. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you that. MKT Inspires, MKT at the MKT Show. Another reminder, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm excited. Uh, let's finish off on the Marcus Rashford dilemma. You know, the Rashford thing is so, so interesting. Uh, let me tell you a lesson somebody once taught me. He taught me this lesson and I'll never forget it. He said to me, the biggest mistake he ever made in his 60 years of, of business was paying mediocre people like they were great. And I'll never forget that lesson, like pay people adequately. Because when you pay mediocre people like they're great, they get the ego like they're great. You can't afford to do it. You just, for the morale of the staff, because people find out, you cannot afford to do it. And then also, Mediocre people can't handle the expectation of great people. I'll never forget that lesson. This is a guy who mentored my father. He's, he's dead now. Not my father, the, the, the other guy. He said, don't ever pay mediocre people like they're great. And I'll never forget that lesson. Marcus Rashford is the third highest player Third highest earning player at Man United. Behind Varane and Casemiro. Here's the problem. So people say, yeah, yeah, of course. But here's the problem. He doesn't get into the Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, Villa, Spurs, Brighton, Wolves, Newcastle, West Ham, or Chelsea 11th. Maybe even squads. That's 10 teams. That's 10 teams. So one of the highest paid players in the league can't get into half the, half the league's teams. Fulham, Everton, Brentford, he gets in there. That's about his level. Problem for Man United is this. How do you sell him? He's, he's got four years left on his deal. It expires in 2028 and he's on 300,000 pounds a week 
It's insane. Whoever signed that contract. Because I saw this years ago. I was like, what is it with this Rashford guy everybody loves? Yes, he's feeding kids. Great PR. Unbelievable. But what is going on? I don't see the number one. I don't see him as like a fluid athlete. You know, when you see these powerful athletes or, or these guys with pace, like whether you like him or not, Mudrik is like a fluid athlete. When he gets going, he gets going. Madueke at Chelsea. You can see when he gets going. Bukayo Saka is just a fluid athlete. Like he gets going, moves left, moves right. Unbelievable. Art Nuri at uh, Wolves. You see his balance and power and ability to run. Trent Alexander-Arnold. These are all natural athletes as they run. You can see it's like it feels natural watching them move, you know. Marcus Rashford always feels like Bambi on ice. Like he's, he's not a powerful athlete. And he's not that quick. Like he's got some pace, but he's not like frightening pace, you know. So with that and an awful first touch, awful decision making, who decided to pay him? That person needs to be investigated. But here's the dilemma part, right? So that's, it's not just the money. Eric Ten Hag can't really reset without getting rid of a talent level like Marcus Rashford. Because he's been paid like he's great. He's not taking a pay cut. So they can't really reset. Because what he really needs to do is get rid of like Bruno Fernandes, Harry Maguire. You know, all of these horrendous mistakes that were made before him need to go Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Like those guys need to go. But Rashford is the one who's got to go. He refuses to check back. All right. When he's at left wing. He's got awful decision making in the final third. And his physicality is nowhere. He's got such a terrible attitude. He's got a disgusting attitude when he's playing up front. It's like, yes, you're uncomfortable in that position. But mate, put your body about. And people must stop telling me since he got the back injury. Mate, you are at Man United. Part of being, you know what people love about footballers is you're supposed to be, quote unquote, like a warrior for your tribe. Nobody wants to care about your backache, brother. Like if you want to have the back excuses, go play for Everton. You're at Manchester United. Let me give you an example. You know, Son Heung-min clearly does not feel comfortable playing number nine. But when he does it, don't you feel like he puts himself about, holds the ball up? I mean, listen, there's no comparison in terms of quality of player. Put that aside. The attitude, the willing to close down, the the willingness to do the work and create the movement and show. When you're up front at number nine, you take some responsibility. When the ball gets to you, you, you've got to absorb the fouls. Like Marcus Rashford's holder plays as bad as Jackson. Nicholas Jackson from Chelsea. But he's, he's, he's embarrassing. I'm sorry, if, if Man United fans are okay with Marcus Rashford's attitude and his inability to, to be tough, to be tough, right? Up front, that's what Hoyland gives Man United. The ball sticks up front. So you'll often hear if you watch football, they'll say the ball's got to stick up front. It's called hold-up play. So that guy at the front, they call him striker if you don't watch football, that guy has to bring the rest of the team into it or get fouled to make sure that your team can move up the pitch. Or if you're under pressure, 
like a long pass, you've got to run 60 yards, it's not rewarded, but a guy trips you and it takes 30 seconds off the clock. It allows your team to reset a little bit. You have a chat. Like these are these are all little things that Marcus Rashford isn't willing to do. He's not pressing, he's not dropping. All he's doing is dribbling, cutting inside and shooting and making awful decisions. On the whole, considering that he is 26 turning 27, Marcus Rashford's decisions are terrible. How is he still making such bad decisions? Like Phil Foden makes better decisions than him in the final third. Phil Foden's 23. He's 23 years old. I mean, the one that's really got me about Rashford is when he starts making those signs, like the chirping signs of the fans. Why is he doing that? Why is he doing that? And I don't want to hear about pressure. The reason you get paid 300,000 pounds is to put up with the pressure. It's not about talent, right? The ability to, to put up with pressure is part of being good enough. If you can't put up with the pressure, again, move to Everton. There is no pressure there. I remember Ben Foster, when he was about to break into the Man United team, left Man United and he did an interview and he just said he wants to enjoy his football. So he went to West Brom. Because at Man United, there is no time to enjoy your football. It's about winning. The enjoyment is the winning, right? First you suffer and win, and then that is the enjoyment. You don't count your trophies. I remember Rio Ferdinand would say in some of his interviews, at Man United, they would win the league and Scholes and himself and all of those guys would be at the manager saying, who are we signing for next season? That's Man United, I'm, I'm afraid. Marcus Rashford is nobody. He does not feature at Manchester United. In the history, we're talking about George Best here. We're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo, Carlos Tevez, Patrice Evra, Nemanja Vidic, McClare. This is not a muck around football club. Gary Neville, Mark Hughes, Andy Cole, Yap Stamm. This is not a muck around institution for Marcus Rashford to come and make it his piggy bank. He... He's not special, but nobody's told him that. And listen, his PR team, um, I, <laughs> I have it sourced. His PR team's strong, hey? And they are backed by Man United. I know this from somebody in Manchester who's quite influential in those circles and, and, and is quite connected. His PR team, listen, when people say nasty things about him, they get reprimanded by his PR team. His PR team is literally phoning people. So... I, I don't I don't really watch Sky anymore. I just I find that kind of content boring. So I, I watch like United Stand, AFTV. I, I much prefer. I love the fan channels because that's how I talk. I'm a fan, and I remember when they criticised Rashford, rightfully so. And his PR team came out and called it bullying. I'm like, what are we? What the hell are you talking about? Like, brother, you are playing terribly right now. It's a football criticism. You're at Man United. You should be willing to be criticized. Part of being good enough is absorbing that. Imagine being the CEO of BlackRock, of JP Morgan Chase, and going, people said nasty things about me on social media. What are we talking about? 
talking about? Because that's the kind of money footballers earn, by the way. So I do not want to hear it from Marcus Rashford. Why is he fighting the fans online? Getting his PR team to bully media members into saying what he... What are we talking about? He's not good enough. I don't know why people can't say this. Marcus Rashford is not good enough to be at Manchester United. Not then, not now, not ever. It's time. I Like, by Man United standards, he's awful. Like, Marcus Rashford is not as good as Nani, by the way, and never has been. And people say, yes, but he's young. How long? He's 26. He's turning 27 in a couple of months. Sorry, that, that one's over. He has gone backwards since he broke into the Man United team. Outside of cutting inside and shooting, what else does he do? And I'm afraid at this level, that's not good enough. His decision-making has gotten worse. That's the dilemma for Man United is, how do we sell him? He's so bad. Who do we sell him to? PSG, come on. Outside of PR, like, come on. There's no way PSG are getting him, are they? Why would they want him? He's terrible. But he's locked in until 2028. That's four more years. As Donald Trump said. Four more years. Don't pay mediocre like they're great. Part of being good enough is handling the pressure. Everybody says they want a raise, hey? Everybody wants a raise. Everybody wonders why Kathy gets got a raise or a bonus last year and you didn't. Ah, well, because you're always late and you say, oh, traffic. It's always your cat's fault. It's like, are you, do you want to be elite or not? I'm afraid Marcus Rashford, his displays over the last, especially over the last three seasons, somebody needs to be investigated for paying this guy this contract. I don't resent people earning lots of money. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying at Manchester United, the ROI on what they've paid him is absolutely insane. It might be the worst contract in the history of football. Genuinely, it might be the worst contract in the history of football. It is unbelievable. It's catastrophic how bad this is. I'm not saying worst transfer, whatever. That's a different conversation. You had him in here. Like, he was in the house. It's not, it's not one of those guys you had to go and scout. It was like the 10 people that get to watch Marcus Rashford every week, every day. Like, brother. But I want to say, I want to say this because I, I said it about Dead Delhi Alley years ago. I said his behavior is not normal. Marcus Rashford's behavior is not normal. He's the number 10 at Manchester United. He's going out getting drunk. Like, he, so he, has he now changed from being, I'm feeding the kids to being the guy who's telling, who's making the chirp signs at fans say, keep talking. And now he's getting drunk in, in Belfast, showing a lack of responsibility. People don't just change like that. People don't change, actually. My, my theory in life is people don't change. Is something wrong with that guy? I said it about Delhi Alley. If you listen to the show, I said it about Delhi Alley, I think four years ago. 
I'm like, this behavior is not normal. Marcus Rashford's earning 300,000 pounds. He's the number 10 for Manchester United. Why does he look grumpy? Why, why, is he, why does he want to fight the world? Usually that tells me something is going on. Like life. And, and I, I'm sorry, I'm not an empath. I, I don't have that in me. What I don't want to hear from people, and, and I'm so sick of hearing this, of people defending millionaires. Like, what if he's fallen out of love with the game? Stop playing football then. Like, most of the world, hey, and this is what happens with uh, rich people, right? Is they get out of touch with reality. Hey, 90% of the world, if not more, hate their job. They're cleaning floors. They, they're lifting pianos upstairs six days a week, Right? They're cleaning someone's shoes. They're babysitting someone's bratty children. Sorry, most of the world does not like what they do for a living. Millionaires are not special. If Marcus Rashford doesn't enjoy, nobody, nobody's entitled to be happy. I'm sorry. If he does not enjoy playing football anymore, you know what he can do? He can stop. It's not sad. It's called life. It is called life. Like, stop playing. Move on. Like, it is not a right to play for Manchester United. It is one of the greatest privileges, number one, to earn what you earn, but then represent this institution and be a hero and for, for billions, not millions, billions of people around the world. Like, if he's got stuff going on, that's very different to, woe is me, I've fallen out of love with football. If he's got serious mental stuff going on, which I suspect it, there is, somebody should deal with that. Take him out of Manchester United. Yeah, like, you don't have to play football, dude. But you can't have it both ways. You can't say, I want to play football because it's the one place I feel happy and, and everything else will be taken away from me if I, if I don't play football. Sorry, no. No, 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 no. You're not special because you're a talented person. Is Most people have to do stuff they hate every day to be paid and and it's not even about the pay scale for me in when, when we have this conversation right is people most people hate their jobs they have to go and till the fields there's plenty of agrarian jobs that people have to do around the world and they have to do it to feed their families so dude if you don't like playing football anymore there is a choice stop like we're not football's not going to stop because marcus rashford's not playing so stop saying that Stop saying that and like trying to get us emotional. It's like, oh, he doesn't want to play football anymore. Oh, okay. He's not the first person to be sad in life and have to work. By the way, it's his job. And you know what people do when they hate their jobs or can't mentally cope? They quit. Most people can't quit. You know what most people have to do? Carry on working because you've got to eat and your family has to eat. You've got children to send to school. So I don't want to hear that. Why do you, why, and of, of all the people in the world, I give millionaire sportsmen far too much credit because they're my heroes. So I defend those people because I always say, they're not like you and I. There's, there's only maybe 5,000 of them in the world that can get into the Premier League and produce weekly. So I will defend people like that. But I defend to a certain standard. Like what I won't defend is sulking, like becoming a brat, like Naomi Osaka. Oh my goodness, everybody has mental health challenges. I'm, I'm sorry. Do you, 
do sportsmen and women think they are the only people who have it difficult? And by the way, you don't have it that hard because you can actually pay to alleviate some of the extrinsic issues. Now, if, you, if you've got deep demons, as we saw with Deli Ali, and that was abuse, but some people just have depression. It's happening in the whole world, by the way. Like, I don't know why Marcus Rashford is being held up as like this. We've got to protect him. What? Just stop playing. There we go. I've solved this problem. He's not enjoying football anymore. Great. Quit. Ravel Morrison did. David Bentley did. Right? David Bentley. Just, I can't handle the pressure. I'm quitting. Ravel Morrison, football quit him, I think. But you know what I mean? Sorry. Part of being good enough is handling the pressure. If you can't, stop. We don't want to see young people be put in positions where they're going to fail. Because... Man United isn't a, oh, shame, give him a chance. That's not, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You want to do that? Go play in the championship, mate. Go play at Burnley. You know what I mean? And now in the English Premier League, there's just too much money at stake. I don't know if you can be in the Premier League for boohoo, give him a chance. I just don't know if you can. So I'm not having that. I'm not having the, he's fallen out of love with football. Get out of the game then. Like he doesn't, he, Marcus Rashford doesn't have a divine right to play football. Just as you and I don't have a divine right if we work at our jobs and we, we want to stop showing up because we hate our boss, go to work. Unless you're a trust fund kid, go to work. Find another job. Quit your job. Sorry. But you know what most people have to do? Put up with a disgusting boss and go to work and provide. So Marcus Rashford, get on with it, my son. I'm not having it. I'm, I am not having that angle. Love to hear people's thoughts. I would love to hear what people have to say. I'm sorry, I'm not an empath. I, I ain't playing that. As the urban youth say, I ain't playing that. I ain't playing that. I pity the fool, says Mr. T. Hope you have an incredible week. I've got, a, I've got a massive week coming up. I really do. I really, really do. Over the next week and a bit, I am excited. If this week goes according to plan, I'm excited to share. I am. This, in the next, the, in the next two weeks, it'll either be fantastic or it'll be a, a complete car crash. So, stay tuned. Subscribe to YouTube. Hope you have a great time. Whatever you're planning to do this week, do it to your potential. Do it. Do it. Get stuck in there. Just pour it all on. Like, if you can just do it for this week, try something. You know? Number one, go and look up the word eudaimonia. It's a very old Greek term. Um, it, it's not self-fulfillment. Let, let me quickly explain to you how sort of Socrates explained this term called eudaimonia. So eudaimonia is the feeling you get, you know, when, or let me simplify it. So it's, I mean, it's a little more complex, but it's this feeling you get when you go to bed at night and you are exhausted in a way where it's like you go to bed and you just know without somebody, without anybody having to say anything or pay you like, ah, oh, I just poured it on today. Like I gave it everything. Like today I could not have done more. And you know that feeling when you don't need to say it, but you go to sleep just completely finished. 
but you've just left it all out there. Try and do that for a week. Try and experience eudaimonia for a week. I wish that for you in whatever you're doing. You know, sometimes being a partner. Like lay it all on the line for your partner, for your mom. Whatever you got to do this week. Work, big projects. You might have a big pitch, a pitch deck, a presentation, a report, whatever it may be. Just lay it on. Try and lay it on this week and see what that feels like after five days. It will be incredible to hear some stories about people just putting it in. Might be exercise. You know, you might have promised yourself, maybe you've fallen off the wagon a little bit, you know, New Year's resolutions, it's going to happen. It's summertime where I live. Tough, tough to not be out there on a Saturday with the gals. You know what I mean? Mimosas. It's mimosa Sunday. What are you going to do? But maybe get back on it. Five days this week, go and smash it. I hope you have the time of your lives. I hope you're able to. All it's about is try and reach your potential. It's all I'm trying to do. And it's fun. It's, it's very, very fun to try and reach your potential, in my opinion. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show. And for now, I am the hell out of here.